Let's Get Two presents... Five, four, three, two, one... Pitch is lifted to right by Cassianos. Long run for Tucker over toward the line and foul territory. Makes the catch and the Houston Astros do it again. 2022 World Series champions. And now, go, go Astros. Astros baseball from three guys who've been there since Art Howe had hair. We have a little programming note this week. Um, go, go Astros has changed to go, go good hair. Three men of a certain age talking about hairstyles. Uh, I'm Andy Tom Chesson um, here on NPR with Brian Arbor representing the no hair look, uh, James Christopher representing the short hair military look, and myself representing the ethnic look. Or wait, wait, we we don't have to do that till next week, right? It's not till next week. Yeah. Okay, good. So we're still go go Astros. Um, oh, I was I was proposing six. I was proposing forty five minutes of uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey talk. That would be more interesting than what we're about to do. He better not dump her. That's the thing. Because he will be an album. I don't I mean, know. I'd rather, I'd, I'd like to have, I'd like the experience. And then I'd like to have songs written about me. That yeah. doesn't seem bad. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure dating Taylor Swift. Because you need to break up with her in a way that produces at least one, if not multiple albums worth of awesome breakup songs. And uh, I have faith that Travis Kelsey can do that. And, and I mean, think about if you're, would Warren Beatty be as famous if he was, if half the world didn't think you're so vain was about him? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So see, there, let's look at the bright side. And speaking of the bright side, well, there is none. But uh, as of Monday morning, the Astros are still in a playoff spot, as tenuous as that could possibly be. And the team they're fighting for that last playoff spot, well, they're, they're going up to Seattle to, to play them for three games. Uh, both teams are, I think, sputtering is a fair term. Is that is that fair? Yeah, it's a we'll generous get, term, but yes. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that series in just a minute. But um, I'll start with Brian. Uh, the week that was Brian, what 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 the hell happened? Uh, I mean, there there, I think to me there are two major explanations. One is the starting pitching has really regressed, particularly over the last um, six seven weeks, and. Um, Friend of the podcast, Cody Poge, put out a uh, tweet on Saturday that listed since August 1st, and uh, three Astros reliever, uh, three Astros starters had ERAs over five, and our good ones had the ERAs of number three starters. So uh, none of the starting pitching has done really well. That's been the biggest issue. Uh, the other explanation is baseball happened. They went something like, you know, they ground like 12 for 78 with runners in scoring position over the games against the Royals and A's because I don't know. They just did. And uh, that sucks, but they just did. Uh, Jim, I, I know you were at at least one of the games and probably yeah. watching, 
watching through couch cushions for the rest of them. Um, what, what, what were your takes well, on this? I mean, I, it would be easy to, to lump the series into like one thing or one series of things, but like game two, uh, the pitcher coming in Raglan, I think his name was, has had like a two ERA over his last over since the trade deadline. And he threw the ball well. And, um, you lose two to one, and that that to me feels more tip your cap than anything else. I Friday night, I think you're hamstrung because you can't count on you. It's almost like we're watching 2018 Fromber again because, you know, for those of you who didn't watch, the inning started with a passed ball on a third strike that also was greeted with a, the most laissez faire attempt to get said passed ball that I think I've ever seen. And then the meltdown happened. It's hard to really pick apart managerial decisions in those games because I, I under you can't you have to count on Fromber to get it back and he did to a degree and then he lost it again. Sunday though to me was I think was an interesting choice because Hunter Brown has not been good. Um, I think we have we've all discussed how he was going to reach his innings maximum for his career and at some point he was going to start to get a bit of a dead arm and that they needed to watch out for that. I don't understand why with literally your playoff lives on the line that you let him get to throw up, throw a fourth or fifth home run and give up a fifth run before going to the pen. And what really turned really was a must win game. And in a game when the offense should have scored enough runs to win. So I'm not, I don't know that I'm angry about game one because Bromber laid an egg, and if your starter lays an egg on a guy you're supposed to count on, it happens. Game two, like you said, Brian, baseball happens. Game three, I'm angry about only because there were there were actually opportunities to win that game. The offense, I think, did its job. The bullpen more than did its job. And I want to know again why he doesn't why we don't we're not respecting third time through the order. Well, and I think, you know, beyond that, game one for me mm. against the uh, Royals was made worse by the fact that Ryan Presley didn't hold a save against in game one against the Orioles. Mm -hmm. If you win that series, you can, it's it, not great to go 500 on a homestand, but that would be better than the Astros have done all year. They are the only playoff team in playoff contention right now who have a losing home record. There is no redeeming that at this point. It, it is what it is. The only saving grace the Astros have going forward is these last six games are on the road, but they are again, two teams that are fighting for their playoff lives, just like the Astros are. I don't know how much fight there is. Um, Jim, to your specific, uh, you know, issues or complaints, I don't know why Hunter Brown got the start because this is not like what happened was a surprise. Right. And I know the real, I know the answer is what are, what are the options? Um, At this point, Brandon Belak was a better option. Yeah, I would because... have activated Belak. Um, I would have is, I don't know, bullpen game, something. Urquidy went three innings yesterday and didn't give up a run. Which I'm happy about because yeah. he's mm -hmm. been not yeah. great either. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have planned on that, but yeah, I mean. Um, I, I think, Brian, you brought up another good point too because, and I don't have any numbers in front of me and somebody can tell me wrong, and the Astros tried to tell me wrong um, because Jose mm -hmm. Altuve was player of the homestand because he hit 320 with eight hits. Um, but it felt for me, if I'm watching these last six games, that we had guys in scoring position like so many innings and one through five came up and did absolutely nothing. Um, yes, Alvarez hit a solo home run yesterday. 
Um, but Bregman, I don't remember the last time he had a hit. He was one uh, for 18 over the homestand, I think. Yeah. Uh, Tucker is feeling it just like he has been for the last few weeks. Um, everybody's hero, Yiner Diaz, who should be playing more, and I'm not saying he shouldn't, uh, did not play well in this homestand. So you've got a lot of guys you're counting on. Um, and the only guy who seemed to show up besides Altuve, I guess, is Chaz McCormick these last couple of games. I don't think it, – and I guess it's hard when you go into a game with your supposed ace on Saturday and Fromberg gives up a three spot in the first inning. I, I guess that's I, – I think that's just more pressure on these hitters. What are, what are you guys seeing? I'll start with Jim on this one. What are the hitters doing or not doing that needs to change over these last six games? I think you hit the nail on the head in the sense that when – it's so funny to me because we always see all these people. They're not even trying hard, but we, I think three of us understand that generally speaking, especially offensive baseball, when you try, you do worse. Like that is a game that's meant to be spent. You're supposed to be Zen and centered and, and whatever. Well, when you start out on a three or four run deficit in the first inning, even on a one run deficit, like it was, on Sunday, I think it was Sunday that we started out as a one-run deficit. No matter what, it's a here we go again, and now we have to start to climb this hill. And then you start to think to yourself, you've got to climb this hill by swinging the bat one time really, really hard and hoping that home run can be worth eight uh, eight runs. Yeah, Yonier Diaz didn't play well. But again, how unfair is it to that kid? And I know that we're not supposed to talk about fair or unfair, but how unfair is it to that kid? To finally play him, I think two games of the of the the series, when it's ultimate nut nut time or nut cutting time, as opposed to allowing him to figure all this stuff out with regular playing time over the middle of the season, uh, I think that to say that there's a certain degree of mis- mismanagement of all of this, I think is a big problem. But I think the offense is having an issue of having to play catch up every single time, and I think it starts to wear on you, right? I just think they picked a bad time to have a slump and well, they didn't pick it. Right. Um, I mean, you talked about Bregman, who I think has been a big, you know, issue, but he's been, you know, had a slow April, like always, but has been excellent. Um, you know, some of this is, it just really would have been nice to win a few more games early to give yourself a cushion for this, or, you know, somebody who got extra hot earlier, you know, would be here, uh, would be good here. Uh, the good news with slumps is they can turn around for no good reason. So there's no particular reason. There's there's nothing you can do about Alex Bregman. You know, maybe you take extra batting practice or thing, but put him in the lineup. Eventually he'll come out of it. I'm hoping it's tonight in Seattle, and I'm hoping it's not you know two weeks from now in a batting cage. <laughs> well, I mean, because there there are no choices. What are you yeah. are you going to play Greg Kessinger? I, I mean, that's just it. it there's the Dusty has gotten a lot of warranted yeah. criticism especially over the last month, there is no different lineup magic at this point that he's going to be able to put together. Um, I I think personally, when the team got the news and it's not official by any means that Michael Brantley is probably done, it felt like the wind went out of their sails and you can kind of correspond this everything's going wrong thing with Brantley not playing anymore. Um, And I know that's anecdotal and we, you know, get uncomfortable with the anecdotes, but, with baseball, to me especially, it's very hard to have a next man up mentality when your bench is Mauricio Dubon and Jake Myers and Greg Kessinger. 
that that that's difficult because the, there is certainly a drop in play. Um, and I'm saying that knowing Mauricio Dubon has outplayed anybody's expectations this year. Uh, we wouldn't have won the one game we had won this week without Mauricio yeah. Dubon's contributions. Um, but we're sitting here talking about winning one game in six days against what was supposed to be the easiest schedule in baseball. Yeah, I that, mean, that's, that, that's tough. 100%. And, you know, I, I think that there's so many things that are going on psychological. I know that slumps happen, but there is a psycho like they're, they're not robots, right? There is a psychology to all of this stuff. And I think, Andy, I think that you are right with Brantley being out because this is the time of year and in the situation where this team demonstrates that they are psychology psychologically superior to other teams because they do usually perform in the moment. I do wonder if we're not going to find out that a bunch of guys are hurt like we did. Was it the end of 2018? We found out they had, yeah. Like, but, but, but Brian's also right that this team is good enough and has shown the ability to wake up and win six straight games. I mean, the fact is, is they have a, a, they, they play better against winning teams and they play better on the road. I mean, and what you, what are you about to see? So, um, Seattle is just as down and beat up as the Astros are as far as this the, the last 10 games or so. The difference is is what team is going to be able to pick itself up or not. And I don't know. It's it's, it's going to be interesting to watch these last this last week for sure. And I know we'll get into a lot of what went wrong this year and, and why it went wrong. And I do think um you know, I I I think not playing Diaz has had a bigger effect other than having a useless hitting spot in the ninth inning. Ninth, I'm sorry, in the ninth spot. Well, I mean, the nice thing about baseball is somebody has to win the next three games. And <laughs> they just do. They don't allow ties. So um, you have two teams that are scuffling hard. And in theory, we're throwing out our three best pitchers. I don't know any of us know what Justin Verlander is going to bring tonight. I don't know if any of us know what Kristen Javier is going to do on Tuesday night and which Fromber do we get on, on Wednesday? It it is a complete mystery. And as much as the offense has struggled the last two weeks, that to me, those three guys not performing the way they need to, it is why we're doing what we're doing right now, trying to grasp at straws. Having said all that, the Astros do go to Seattle this week. They do have a chance to actually clinch a playoff spot. If I have my math right, because Seattle lost their last three games too. And to get that sixth spot, because the Blue Jays don't seem to want to go back down, and the Rangers have not necessarily clinched the division because they've got uh, a tough little road to hoe. But the Astros could, with all of how bad this last two weeks have gone, conceivably clinch a playoff spot in Seattle this week. I'll give one. I'll give one minor correction, Andy. They can't clinch because uh, the Magic number oh, seven. Right, Seattle has a tiebreaker. Yeah. But again, if they if they sweep the series, again, it's unlikely. But two of three is really helpful. And uh, you know the uh, Mariners will play the Rangers uh, at home, but they'll play the Rangers again next week. Who again will be most likely needing to win some games to finish off uh, to finish off the division. Um, so again, you get lots of, lots of that. And then you get in the playoffs and maybe the dice rolls come up in your favor. This is what we saw in 2020, right? 
Now they yes, exactly into will a be, playoff yeah. spot in 2020 because they didn't have any competition and because the way the rules worked that year and they turned it on in the playoffs. And so could they do that now? None of us thought they were going to do that in 2020 and they maybe not none of us. Right. But that wasn't the expectation yeah. in 2020 and they did. So could they do that? Yeah. Could they continue this losing? They've had two major losing stretches this season, one back in June and one now. Um you know, again, it shows the floor of this team is lower than we thought in this season. So uh, can they turn that around today? Yes. Will they? I don't know. I'll tell you at midnight. Unfortunately, East Coast time. Um, I wanted to talk about one bright spot from the past uh, couple of weeks. Um, the guy who I think probably is pretty high free agent target for us. Hector Neris, um, Hector Neris, uh, and I'll start with Jim on this because I know Jim is a particular Hector Neris defender, especially last year when the fan base was kind of crapping on him a little bit. Uh, he has been put in very large situations with men on base. Those men have not scored. Uh, he has been lights out. He is enthusiastic. He is emotional. He seems to pump up the team when he's in there. Um, and I'm not advocating for him to lar- have a larger role. He's in the role he needs to be. But yeah. How, how good has he been in comparison to what we've seen from the rest of the pitching staff? I think he's not only has he been really, really nails, particularly lately, he's been really good all season. He's had a really another good, consistent season. He's had those occasional hiccups like everybody else does. But, you know, everybody, Presley's had these, these mini stretches where he's not been effective. And Abreu had that kind of a prolonged stretch where – he wasn't uh, effective. Stanek, of course, um, we we all know that his underlying numbers say he's not very good. So he's he's one one cut piece of his mane away from not from not being good at all. So I think you can't um, you have to give Neris a lot of credit for this team staying where it is. I don't understand how he is not the first guy out of the 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 pen when there's runners on. I don't know why that's often been Maton. I think Maton likes 50% of those runners score. Um, I think we can't discount that. Now, I don't know that you should throw a lot of money at him in free agency because we all know that money at relievers is can sometimes be a, a risky proposition, Rafael Montero. But, um, yeah, I think he's been great this season, and I don't know why Astros fans are still ready to jump on him the minute he has um, even a questionable outing. Well, I would say he has a much better track record than uh, Rafael Montero. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if, if I was going to throw stupid money at a reliever out of those two, it wouldn't have been Montero. Uh, Brian, what, what, where, where do you see Hector and how important has he been? Yeah, no, he's he's been – it's either him or Abreu, and I think in the end it's him who's been our best reliever um, this season. And the real strength of the team – the bullpen didn't give up any runs this weekend. None. They gave up no. It's usually a good thing. It's definitely not a bad thing. It's usually a good sign of winning. And um, and they've been a clear strength. And while it's been the starters that have declined, the bullpen, and again, Naris has been at the top of that list. Absolutely. Um, I, I think we're going to spend, I, I know this is feeling like a shorter show today. We're, we're going to spend some time in the offseason, whenever that comes for the Astros, talking about what went wrong. Uh, one of the things I saw on Twitter as I reluctantly turned that on Sunday evening um, was that I don't know who posted it, but that the blame clearly had to be on the Astros participation in the world baseball classic preseason. And that's <laughs> what has gone wrong with the Astros season this year. 
So there was no blame assigned to Dusty, no blame assigned to individual players or Jim Crane. It was the participation in the World Baseball Classic. Um, is that grasping for straws or is there actually something to that? I'll start with Brian. I mean, it's mostly grasping for straws. Obviously, you know, as we talked about at the time, I can't. Maybe if Jose uh, Altuve was in a batter's box in, um, you know, in West Palm Beach rather than uh, in the World Baseball Classic, a ball wouldn't have come at his thumb. It might have, right? Um, so we know there's something very specific to that. But uh, here's the thing. The Astros aren't the only team that had a lot of players in the World Baseball Classic, and uh, they're the only one who seems to be having a World Baseball Classic hangover. So um, I don't think it's them. Certainly didn't hurt, say, Otani this season, and he played more in that than anybody. Jim? Well, okay, so I will um, only half-heartedly disagree with Brian, only to say that if the World Baseball Classic had a um, an effect, it's only effect of a series of games that matter piled on top of a team that's played six years of team games that matter and played intense games that matter. I think that a lot of what we're seeing is the reason why teams don't repeat as the World Series, the reason why oftentimes you don't make the playoffs after the World Series where the Astros have made it to the ALCS six times. I simply think that there is an element to this of the team simply running out of gas. I think that um, over time, voices in leadership don't get listened to anymore. Like um, – let, let's use the dusty example and I'm not going to like, I know we're going to get into to dusty's uh, um, ability this year, but at some point in time, dusty's message wears thin because everybody's everybody's boss's message wears thin after so much time. And so you just have to wonder how much of this is just running out of gas a little bit, maybe a different voice is needed because I do not think for a second that this at all closes any kind of window i also still believe and i've got astro shirt belt and shoes on today um because i think they're gonna win six in a row and win the division so that's me but um i do think that the only thing you can attribute to the world baseball classic is it just is more games that matter on on a team that's played the most games that's mattered over six years and maybe at some point you're running out of gas a little bit yeah i would actually argue that the pitch caught pitch clock has had a worse effect on our pitchers in particular than any participation in the well, World Baseball Classic. Let's, but let's get into that because, yeah, we, we talked about the difference between Fromber in this recent run of dominance before was he's come up with this routine to center himself from pitch to pitch. We don't know how rushed that routine is. And while, yes, people can point out that Fromber had the pitch clock in the minors, they didn't enforce it until last year. So, yeah, they had it, I guess, but it was more decorative on the outfield wall than it was anything practical. So there's a lot of things that happened, and I think some of it comes down to one of those things. I don't think a single rule change has benefited the Astros like has benefited other teams. I think um, from, uh, Chandler talked on the radio the other day about the Astros pitchers have always been horrendous at, at holding runners. But now that there's more stealing, we see that more than we did. So the guys getting thrown out aren't on the catching, it's on the pitching. So I don't know. It's 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 there's a lot to dive into. And I think none of it's necessarily wrong. It's just all none of it's one thing. 
And your last point's important there. There is no single thing or single explanation or single person who's, you know, or that. And there's no one who clearly screwed up, right? Yeah. There are things I have criticisms of Dusty on. There are things I think Dusty's done very well on. Um, and as you say, if his message has got stale, some of that is just the passage of time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, how do we, you know, how do you deal with that? I don't, you know, that's harder to sort of figure out. Right. Um, but it's part of, again, and then, you know, part of it's, you know, hey, baseball happened last year too. They won 106 games last year in part because they're good, in part because they got some breaks and they went 11 and two in the playoffs last year. In part, they're good, but also because they got a number of breaks, some that are easy to see and identify and some that just sort of happened. And could they get those again this November? Yeah, they have sort of his, they have sort of historically in this era uh, of the Astros. Will they? One, I don't know. And two, they got to do something the next week to make that hat to make to actually get there. Yeah, that, if not any, the only breaks they'll get this October are in Pictionary. Well, Brian said there's no one person. I still personally blame Mark DeRosa for a lot of the Astros issues this year, but that's irrational. Um, it, it's disheartening um, for sure. I, I see a lot of our fan base, you know, taking it personally, and some of have regressed into the Astros have always sucked, and this was a seven-year blip, and we're about to face years of oblivion. Uh, Jim, you touched on this a, a second ago, but regardless of how this season ends, whether it ends in six days or a month from now, uh, I don't see the Astros window closing. And I'm going to start with Brian on this one. I want to get kind of your take on what changes with not necessarily changes from personnel standpoint, but what's different next year that keeps us in contention where we, you know, have kind of flirted with it this year. Um, so the, the biggest thing for the Astros next year is that they had a lot of breaks go against them this year, including health in the pitching staff, and maybe they don't go against them next year. Um, the other thing is they will have an established good young catcher um, who will probably take the majority of plate appearances for catcher, and I think that's an asset. And again, something you can help extend the window. The biggest challenge is both the Rangers and the Mariners are clearly in better positions today than they were certainly 24 months ago. And I think 12 months ago in the cases of both franchises, they have some good young players and particularly the Rangers case, they have a farm system that's producing a lot. The Mariners have a young pitching staff. So it's a bigger challenge certainly next year because they're clearly not the dominant team in the division walking into the season, but they're a team with, Plenty of assets. It's mostly going to be this team. There are relatively few things they need to address in the offseason, and it's mostly around the margins, left field and the bullpen for the most part. Some of the decisions they made at the trade deadline, the two guys they got at the trade deadline are under contract for next season, and I don't think that's an accident that they're you know looking at this as a 2024 proposition. After that, got to do some things to make it work but again that's mostly an off-season topic right now it's six games they need to win most of these six games i will say i did run a poll last night and we had a pretty big participation in it and 73 percent of the astros fans who responded to it do not think the window ends next year so that at least was 
reassuring because I'm also seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of the same thing you're seeing, Andy. Like, um, the last six years were the accident. It's almost like they don't count anymore. And I don't know. It's it's uh it's obviously frustrating. Um, because I think it does a lot to. It, it's hard to remember that it's not real life. The fact is, is no matter what happens, and and I'm not a defeatist in any way, I still think the Astros are going to win the division. But this last six years can't be taken away. It's something I don't think any of us ever saw coming when we were six or 10 or whatever. And there's still plenty of time, I think, to look for more of that and also to, um, I don't know, you, you still have it. And I think another thing, too, that will help for next year is um, – I think a more stable front office, whatever, whether you, whatever you think of Dana Brown, we haven't seen him run an off season, an off season yeah. yet. And hopefully, um, hopefully we'll get to see something out of him. That'll actually help make the team kind of really bring everything back together. Yeah. I think uh, Dana Brown certainly got a job in front of him because uh, I will slightly disagree with Brian. I, I think you're going to have to address starting pitching as well as the margin stuff you talked about. Um, no, Lance McCullers because, is coming back. But you can't count on Lance McCullers coming back. Oh, I don't, don't count on Lance McCullers. But I, I don't want to see a front office counting on him. I, I don't want to see a front office that just expects Luis Garcia to come back and all of a sudden be effective because that was always an iffy proposition. And there's got to be something done to address Fromber, whether he needs a new therapist or a different therapist or a new breathing routine or whatever it is. Um Talk space, I think, works for you know some people I know. Whatever he needs to hear to develop a routine of breathing between pitches to get back to where he was last year, that needs to happen. Verlander is who he is. Javier's the biggest mystery of all because there's just no – if it was mechanical, it would have been fixed by now, is my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, and so then are Josh is Josh Miller doing his job is the next question. And I don't think that the performance of players is necessarily on those pitchers, but there's some guys that we have that need special attention who have gotten special attention and they're not performing to the level that we needed them to perform to coming into the season. Um, and it kind of all just hit at once because Christian Javier was good for the first couple of months of the season. Fromber was good for the first couple of months of the season. So something has happened. The team has to figure out. Um, I, I would love if, if they figure it out tonight Maybe in Seattle, they wake up early because, you know, when you're there, you, your body clock's going to wake you up at five in the morning anyway. You have some extra time. So maybe <laughs> throw a few pitches. Figure something. I don't know. I'm just I'm grasping at straws. And it's made all the worse by the fact that I'm about to get on a plane to Seattle. I see. So uh, Pike's Market is, is one of my favorite places. So uh, uh, great breakfast spots there. Yeah, uh, recommend it. Uh, so maybe Frommer go there, throw some fish around this morning to get uh, things warmed up, try some alternate things, and, you know, they that could work. Hours. Good, absolutely. Uh, and I do want to mention this here. Uh, there are a number of uh, self-help uh, services that uh, advertise on podcasts, and if one wants to advertise with us, we'll recommend that for Frommer <laughs> on this podcast. Yes, we will. I think that is as good a place as any to leave that today. Uh, good luck to the Astros as they uh, open up this three-game series. It's Verlander versus Castillo tonight. Uh, and I'm hoping that Castillo gets lost going to the stadium, frankly, because um, otherwise it's going to be a pitcher's duel. And that hasn't gone well lately. For Jim, for Brian, for uh, – 
go go good hair or go go Astros, whatever it may be this week. Uh, good 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 baseball this week, guys. Just just win 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 a game, please.